Hello, and welcome back to Tax Less Taxing. It's been about two months since the last episode, and I'm sorry for the delay, but summer in the Atlantic bubble has been more or less normal, and I've taken full advantage by going to cottages and seeing my friends after a lengthy lockdown period. I also bought my first house a number of months ago, and the projects over the summer have been keeping me busy for sure. This is actually a great segue into today's topic. Despite a slowdown in multiple parts of the Canadian economy, real estate appears to still be going strong in most parts of the country. Many people are taking advantage of historically low interest rates and their extra savings from not being able to travel or go out and spend money to purchase their first home. Having just done so myself, I thought it was the perfect time to talk about the process of buying your first home. In this episode, we'll talk about how to start your home buying journey the different types of mortgages and how to get one, as well as how to finance your down payment. Let's dive in. If you've made the decision to purchase your first home, congratulations. This is a big step to take that will require a lot of time, effort, and financial responsibility. However, if you do your research, which if you're listening to this podcast, it sounds like you already are, and closely monitor your finances, then you should be able to navigate the home buying process with ease. Hopefully, you have some family members, friends, or trusted advisors that can help to guide you through this process. For those of you without a close friend or family member with real estate experience, the best place to start is to find a real estate professional that can help you. Picking a realtor that you can trust and that you like working with is the first and most important step in the home buying process. Your realtor needs to be familiar with what type of house you're looking for, what your budget is, and what things you are and are not flexible on. They have extensive experience in the process of buying and selling homes, and you shouldn't be navigating this process without the help of a real estate professional. If you're unsure as to how to pick out a realtor, ask your network, do some research online, or check with your provincial real estate association. You will also need to find a good real estate lawyer who can walk you through some of the more technical aspects of your home buying process. Check with friends and family to see if they have a lawyer that they would recommend. You can also ask your real estate professional if they have any recommendations for lawyers that work well with first-time home buyers. You can also just Google real estate lawyers in your city and pick a couple to call and talk to. Once you've found a realtor and a lawyer that you want to work with, the next step is to figure out what your home buying budget is. The first step in setting your home buying budget is to figure out how much you can borrow for the purchase of your home. You can figure this out without actually signing all of the paperwork for a mortgage through a pre-approval process. A pre-approval is a lender's way of telling you what they might consider lending to you for the purchase of a home without any actual commitments for them or from you. The easiest way to start the pre-approval process is by reaching out to your bank Most of the major banks have an online pre-approval process that is pretty easy to navigate. The pre-approval process will involve answering some questions about your finances. If you are using your bank for a pre-approval, they will have most of this information on hand already. The pre-approval process will normally only take a few hours to complete, and the lender will issue a pre-approval letter that gives you a maximum mortgage amount and a proposed mortgage rate. Once you have a pre-approval in hand, you should shop around to try and get the best mortgage rate. This can be done on your own or through the use of a mortgage broker. A mortgage broker will negotiate with lenders on your behalf 
and can usually get you a better rate than if you were looking on your own. Plus, it frees up a lot of your time to focus on other important parts of the home buying process. One more note on the pre-approval letter. Once you have yours, you should hold off on any major purchases or applying for new credit. If you go ahead with either of these things or with quitting or changing your job, it could result in your pre-approval being voided. The amount that a lender offers on your pre-approval is the maximum amount they will consider lending you and is often more than you can actually afford. You should therefore not use that amount as the amount of your home buying budget or your finances will be stretched very thin. Instead, once you have a pre-approval letter, you should use online mortgage calculators to figure out what your expected monthly payment will be and how that fits into your current budget. If you don't already have a budget, have a listen to episode two of this podcast for advice on how to create your budget. Start with the pre-approval amount and work your way downwards until you land on an amount that will fit into your budget and keep your home expenses at less than 40% of your income. This is the general rule of thumb for the percentage of your income that your home expenses should be. Ideally, it would be lower so that you aren't house poor for the first few years of home ownership. When calculating the amount that you can afford to spend on your home, make sure to consider these three additional points. One, you need to pay property tax on top of your mortgage payment. Most banks will let you do this each month as part of your mortgage payment, and then they will pay the property tax when the bill comes in, which is typically about twice a year. You can find property tax information on the website for your municipality. It is often based on a percentage of the home's value, so if you can find what the rate will be, you can multiply it by the amount of your budget and then divide by 12 to arrive at an estimated monthly property tax cost. Two, you need to calculate the amount you can afford each month, but you also need to calculate what you can afford based on your current financial resources. Since you will need at least 10% of the purchase price as a down payment, plus a bit more for closing costs, home inspections, etc., you are limited by the amount of cash or investments that you have on hand. Three, if you are looking at buying a condo rather than a house, you also need to consider the fact that there will be condo fees to pay on top of your mortgage and property tax bills. The amount of the condo fees will be dependent on the condo building. Once you have figured out the amount of your home buying budget, you are ready to start looking at some properties. Call up your real estate professional and let them know what your price range is so they can start searching for properties that you might want to see. Hopefully your house hunt went well and you now have a home that you've made a successful offer on. If the owner of the property has accepted your offer, it is now time to talk to your mortgage broker or the bank you have decided to go with for your mortgage about finalizing the mortgage process. This will require much more information and will likely involve at least one in-person meeting to talk through the various mortgage options and sign the paperwork. When finalizing your mortgage, you will need to pick between a variable or a fixed rate mortgage. The distinction between these two types of mortgages has to do with the interest rate. With a fixed rate mortgage, you lock in the interest rate at a set amount at the beginning of your mortgage, and this is the rate that you pay interest at for the remainder of your term. A variable rate mortgage will fluctuate as the bank's interest rates fluctuate, so you may end up with a lower rate over your term. The rate that you get on your mortgage will partially depend on whether you go for a fixed rate mortgage or a variable rate mortgage. Most mortgages are paid over a 20 or 25 year period, but don't worry, 
If you choose a fixed rate mortgage, you aren't locked in at that rate for the whole period of your mortgage. There's a difference between the term of your mortgage and the amortization period. The amortization period is the full length of the mortgage, the 20 or 25 years, while the term is typically a much shorter period, normally somewhere between three and seven years. When you lock in your interest rate by choosing a fixed rate mortgage, you're only committing to that interest rate for the next couple of years. Once your term is up, you will be given a new interest rate and you can decide whether to go fixed or stay variable at that time. When you're finalizing your mortgage, talk to your lender about the frequency of your repayments. Most mortgages will give you the option to make payments on a more frequent basis than monthly, which will actually reduce the amount of interest that you end up paying over the life of your mortgage. Also, finding a mortgage that allows you to make additional payments without incurring penalties may be a good fit for you if you are one of those people who likes to pay debt off as fast as possible. Although you are getting a mortgage to cover the cost of purchasing your home, you will need to be able to pay cash up front. This is called a down payment. There are types of mortgages that allow for zero down payment, but these typically have a much higher interest rate than a typical mortgage. Also, it is required that any mortgage with less than a 20% down payment includes an amount of mortgage insurance, which will increase the amount you need to borrow and therefore increase your mortgage payments. If you've been planning to purchase a home for a few years now, it is likely that you have some money put aside that you can access for your down payment. This could be some cash tucked away in a savings account, but you can also withdraw funds from your TFSA or your RRSP as well. If you have money in a TFSA account, you can withdraw the required funds without any tax consequences. If you have the funds in an RRSP account, you could be eligible to withdraw your funds without the typical tax consequences through the use of the Home Buyers Plan. This plan allows you to withdraw up to $35,000 from your RRSP without taxes being withheld on the withdrawal and without the amount of the withdrawal being included in your income. However, you will have to pay back the amount to your RRSP over 15 years. If you don't make your minimum repayment each year, then that amount will be included in your income. To qualify for the home buyer's plan, you must be a first-time home buyer, which is defined as not having owned a home in the last four years, who is a tax resident of Canada. You must also have a written agreement to purchase a home which you intend to occupy as your principal residence after buying it. If you meet these criteria, then talk to your investment manager about making a withdrawal using the home buyer's plan. If you don't have cash lying around in a savings or investment account, you can still come up with a down payment. If any of your family members can give you money to help you out with your down payment, a bank will accept a signed letter from that family member as proof that you have that cash to contribute to your down payment. Also, there are government programs that can assist you with your down payment. If you have at least 5% down, the federal government will provide a further 5% under the first-time homebuyer's incentive. In order to qualify, you must be a first-time homebuyer and your annual income can't be greater than $120,000 for the year. If you do qualify for the incentive, the amount can be repaid over 25 years or you can repay it when you sell your house. If you choose to repay upon the eventual sale of your home, the government will take 5% of the home sale price rather than the amount that they gave you for the down payment. For more details, look at the first-time homebuyer incentive on the CMHC's website. Don't forget that on top of the down payment, 
you will be required to pay closing costs on the purchase of your home. These relate to legal fees, home insurance, home inspection, land registration fees, land transfer tax, and certain price adjustments upon closing. You should budget for 1.5 to 4% of the purchase price for closing costs. That concludes this episode of Tax Less Taxing. Thanks so much, everyone, for tuning in. I hope that you learned a lot and are feeling a bit more confident about purchasing your first home. If you have any questions or you want to suggest a topic for a future episode, please send me an email at contact at taxlesstaxing.com or visit my website at taxlesstaxing.com and use the contact page to submit your questions or suggestions. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or the person sitting next to you on the bus. I'm Mike, your friendly neighborhood accountant, and I'll see you next time on Tax Less Taxing. Bye for now. Thank you.